Matthew chapter 8, starting at verse 1. When he came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. Hey, why don't I pray before we, we look at God's word together? Father, we pray and ask that you might speak to us now, uh, even as we take our lunchtime out to listen to your voice. Please, would the Lord Jesus increase and we would decrease. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the focus of this new series that runs all the way up to Easter is the person of Jesus. Each Thursday lunchtime, we are going to encounter him. And so you might be wondering, is it worth encountering him each Thursday lunchtime? And the answer is obviously yes, because there is no one like this man who has changed the course of human history. I think about the way we date our calendar. We have BC, AD, before Christ. And this year, we are in the 2023rd year of the Lord, our calendars. But also Western civilization very much is founded on his teaching. Secular historian Tom Holland um, asserts that Christian teaching has shaped Western morality. So things like, uh, things like the intrinsic value of the humans, um, human rights, those things we assume to be true, all of them, they find their roots in Jesus' teaching. And think about the age we're in, in the age of TikTok and memes and swiping right and left. The opportunity to think about things that are really significant are becoming increasingly rare. And so if you want to reckon with things that really matter, things of significance, or come and encounter him every Thursday. But more than that, there's more reason to come and see him. Because last week, if you've been in our series, you know we finished our series in Isaiah in chapters 48. And Isaiah was a prophet 700 years before Christ spoke of a day that God himself would appear. He would come in the flesh and all flesh will see his glory. And this is who we will meet. The Lord coming down the mountain, not in thunder and lightning, but in a man. The man who changed history, but also who is God in the flesh. So I'm not sure where you are at personally. Maybe you are in the process of discovering the person of Jesus. Or maybe you've been going to church since you were young, but you've never had a personal encounter with him. Or maybe you have known him for many, many years. Come and encounter the man who has changed the course of history, God in the flesh. And so what is it like to encounter him? Well, we are in Matthew's Gospel. And um, Matthew, if you um, may not be familiar with him, he was one of the disciples of Jesus. And he probably spent about three years with Jesus in his journeys. They heard his teaching, um, saw his life, saw his miracles. And this is Matthew's eyewitness account of the person of Jesus. 
And we're jumping right in chapter 8, where uh, Jesus, he just uh, finishes his sermon on the Sermon of the Mount. I think about the original TED Talk, um, except his was far superior. Because in his sermon, he cuts through all the virtue signaling, all the hogwash hypocrisy of the first century. And he speaks right into the heart. And so the crowds, both consisting of the senior management down to the intern, as they heard him speaking, they were completely astonished by what he had to say. So you need to imagine the scene in your heads. Uh, Jesus on a mountain with huge crowds. Imagine him in Trafalgar Square with hundreds and thousands of people surrounding him, listening to this man speak. And as he finishes the sermon, he walks down the crowds. And the crowds, they start to part for him as he walks through them. And they start to follow him. But then all of a sudden, you see in the distance, at the other side of the crowds, um, the crowd is also parting for another man who is coming towards Jesus. Who is this man that's coming to him? Well, it is the leper. It is the leper. Look down to verse 1 in our passage today. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt down before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Well, you following the handout, we're on our first point. Leprosy, um, I'm not a medical expert, but what I know, it's a bacterial infection where it affects your nerves, your eyes, and your skin. And it causes deformities on your face wherever the virus infects the bacteria. And your skin, it becomes powdery white and it starts to flake off. And so it becomes highly infectious if you touch a leper. And the crowd, they, they social distance themselves as the leper walks through the crowds and arrives in front of Jesus. And imagine you're someone in the crowd and you've kept your distance and you move away. But one person, Jesus, he stands in front of the leper. And you think to yourself, doesn't Jesus know the two-meter rule? And then you gasp as you see Jesus reaching out to touch his flaky skin. And he says, I will be clean. And immediately, the man is clean. Put yourself in the shoes of the leper. How long have you had leprosy for? So 10 years. 10 years, year after year, of being ostracized by people. You walk to the playground, you see the kids running away from you, the parents dragging them away from you. You walk down the high street, people are hurling abuse at you, telling you to go away, year after year of being an outcast. Everyone walks away, but one person stays put. It's Jesus. He stands there and he stretches his hand out and he says, I will be clean. And immediately all the pain and the sores and the skin starts to heal and you are clean. And so this is what an encounter with Jesus looks like. An outcast, someone who's far away being brought in. I mean, what a great story. Jesus is a pretty cool guy. I mean, he's really amazing. He has power to heal and to restore a man. 
So that's the story. But is there more going on? Is there more significance to a passage? And trust me, the answer is always yes. There's always more going on. So we come to the second point in our talk today, the significance. Do you notice what the, the, the leper says? I look down to verse 2. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Do you notice what he does not say? He does not say, if you will, you can make me well. He says, you can make me clean. So there's a deeper significance to this concept of clean and unclean. And um, the concept comes out of the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament. If you reverse last year, we went through the book of Leviticus. And the thing to know about clean and unclean, it's not necessarily sinful if you're unclean, although you could be. It's primarily ritualistic. For example, um, if you give birth, which is a great thing in the Bible, you'll be considered unclean. And not sinful, but unclean. But the key thing to know about this ritual laws, it's all about spatial separation. The clean, unclean, they cannot come into contact with one another. And whenever the unclean touches the clean, the uncleanness, uncleanliness always infects the clean. And so the rituals, they're there to keep things separate, but they're also there to allow you to move from one state of uncleanliness to cleanliness, from unclean to clean, through baths and sprinkling oils and different rituals. Maybe you think that's quite strange. Uh, it's a bit sort of weird. But for all the disaster that COVID-19 pandemic has caused, there's one benefit. It is a perfect illustration for Levitical purity because we all understand the sense of spatial separation and social distancing. If you're unclean, what do you do? You stay home, you quarantine yourself for 10 days, and the rituals you perform, you break all these like, small plastic strips, and you stick something in your nose, and you swirl it around, that causes you to sneeze uncontrollably. Imagine people 2,000 years from now, looking at what we did. It's like, these people are just completely strange. And so maybe rituals, they're not so strange after all. So ritual, uh, ritual laws are meant to keep people separate but there's a greater significance to what's going on because it's not just physical separation, but also spiritual separation. And social distancing was necessary because God, God was in their midst. And so we have a third category. You have unclean, clean, and holy. And holy cannot touch the unclean because whenever they come into contact, unclean people will die. And so the rules create a separation from the people to keep them safe. The holy cannot come in contact with the unclean. And so that's what makes the leper's words really incredible. Look again to verse 2. This is what he says, Lord, if you can, please make me clean. What does he say that? No, he doesn't say that. Look again, verse 2. Lord, if you will, you can, you can make me clean. Because the leper, he's confident that Jesus, he can reverse the direction of the infection. See, it's against his normal experience of infecting other people. He says, Jesus, you can make me clean. And he shows incredible trust. And when Jesus reaches out to touch him, what do you expect? Well, you expect him to drop dead because holiness, the holy people cannot touch the unclean. But instead, there's no death. In fact, the transmission direction is reversed. 
the holiness infects the leper. And just an aside, it's just amazing during the pandemic how many bogus faith healers tried to sell some sort of secret concoctions to, to people. But I don't think we heard anyone offering to touch someone who's infected with COVID-19. But look at Jesus. He touches leper, and immediately the leprosy is cleansed. You can make me clean. You see, this great reversal is not just a cure, but it's a restoration of his relationship with God. Now look at verse 4. Uh, Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. And so the purpose of the instruction was to show proof to the priest that he can be welcomed back into the community, to come back to the temple, to the presence of God. And so as Jesus cleans, cleanses him, it's bring him back into relationship with the people and with God. But the thing to say is, that as well is not the most amazing thing in the passage. Because there's one thing that's even more astounding. Look at verse 2 again. The leper came to him, knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I will be clean. You see, at the heart of this encounter is not and it's not really about the ability of Jesus to restore the man. There's no doubt on the leper's mind. Uh, you can, you definitely can make me clean. The Lord, the divine Lord, can do whatever he pleases. The issue in this passage is whether he is willing, if you will. And so when, he's, when the leper asks, if you will, uh, Jesus, what does he do? He reaches out his hand and he says, I will, I am willing, and touches him and he is cleansed. And so day after day of being a total outcast, when people come near to him, when he comes near to people, they shrink back. Mothers pulling their children away from the leper. Everyone shrinks back, but not Jesus. I will, I will, I am willing, be clean. And so what is it like to meet the person of Jesus, to encounter him? Well, you meet compassion personified. You meet kindness personified. You meet a deep will willingness for, to restore people to God. Well, I don't suppose any of us here has ever experienced leprosy. Maybe you have. Um, I hope not. But I think we all know what it means to feel distant or separate from God. And here's my observation of the life cycle of a typical city worker. Maybe in your early years, you grew up with some sense of God. But in your 20s, you have the world at your feet. And you have your career to pursue. You want to fulfill your potential. The world is your oyster. God is not very essential. In your 30s, you are clear in what you want in your life and in your career. And you sacrifice loads to make it happen. God, again, not very essential. But then you hit your 40s and you achieve most of what you want. But the expectations of your 20s somehow are not met. Your career, the pace is unsustainable or maybe you've topped out. And it's all come at the cost of some form of relationship or your marriage, your kids, or maybe your elderly parents 
suffering perhaps some illness, or maybe sadly, some have passed away. And life is not what you expected in your 20s. But more than that, maybe you've done things or sacrificed things that you are not proud of. On the surface, really good at putting a good on show. 20, 30 years of practice to show that everything is okay. But on the inside, it's a bit of a mess. There's guilt, shame, and regret of things you have done. And sometimes the closer the relationships you have with people, the more you tend to infect them. And so you wonder, maybe there is something more. God, perhaps you do need him, but you are so distant, so far away, so unclean. Some of you experienced this later on in years, in their 50s, but some, thankfully, earlier in their 20s. But the sentiment is the same. You are so distant from God. He's far away, and if he comes close, I might even infect him. But do you know what? That is a lie. It is fiction. It is a deception. Because when you encounter God, the answer is not, I won't, but I will. I will. I am willing. I've come to make you clean. You see, Jesus, he is able and willing to restore us to God. You know, in the Old Testament, as Moses, he comes down the mountain holding the Ten Commandments. He has a veil over his face. Why? Because he has been speaking with God and his face is shining with the glory of God. But he needs a veil because the reflected glory of God is too much for the people. It's too much. Because when they see that glory, it will hurt them. They will die. Sinful people facing the glory of God will die. But we are not in that day. We're in a new day where the Lord comes down the mountain with no veil, his face full of glory, shining full and bright and full of his presence. And with his face unveiled, this time he comes with power and the determination to cleanse every single one of us. And so as we encounter him, we are transformed. We are transformed from one glory to another. And so I love being a follower of Jesus because there's no one like him. So will you come like the leper, coming in front of him to kneel down and asking him, Lord, if you are willing, will you make me clean? And if you do, you can hear his reply and he will say to you, I will, I will be clean. For the next few weeks, we will encounter more of this amazing person, the person of Jesus. And so it's worth clearing your lunchtime for to come and see this person, to meet the greatest man who's ever lived, God in the flesh. So do be inviting your colleagues, Christian or non-Christians, to come and meet the person of Jesus and consider things of significance. Why don't I pray? Behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, I will be clean. Our Father, we praise you that you are a God who has come near, 
that you have draw, drew near to us and you have cleansed us in the person of your son. And so we give you great praise for him. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.